0: Everywhere I go, and I truly mean this from the sincerity of my heart, you always hear about the bad kids, but thank God for the good kids, and y'all are good kids. Any one of you kids could have been anywhere tonight, but you chose to be in God's house, and so you are, are marvelous young people, and we appreciate you so very much. I want to take just a few minutes tonight to talk to you something that's very dear to my heart, and that's the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe with all of my heart that we are living on the very edge of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that as you look at prophecy in the Bible, that it has just rapidly uh, come to pass. Come to pass. You read in the Book of Matthew where it talks about nations against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, wars against wars, and you turn on the television today and you hear all that is happening in the news today, and we're sitting at the very edge of what I believe is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to show you tonight how close that we are. Did you know that in Genesis chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4, God was already talking about four things that were going to happen immediately before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? But I want to show you tonight Why we're going to Genesis chapter 4 because usually we look at the book of Daniel and we look at the book of Matthew and other uh, uh, books in the Bible to find uh, prophecy. But I'm going to show you tonight how that God was already speaking in Genesis chapter 4 about Jesus' return. But before we go to Genesis I want you to listen just briefly to what Jesus said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 verse 35, listen. He said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now what is important tonight is not what Brother Herman says, but what is important is what God's Word says. Jesus said, Heaven and earth may pass away, but His Word will not pass away. The next verse says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. I'm not here to tell you that I know the day nor the hour. Because the Bible is very clear. Jesus said nobody knows, not even the angels, only the Father knows. But listen to what He says in the next verse. But as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marriage, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark knew not until the floods came, took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now listen to this. Two shall be in the field, one to be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. Now here's what I want you to remember from this passage. Jesus is speaking. Jesus said, I want you to know, Heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will not pass away. He said, I want you to know no man knows the day nor the hour, not even the angels, only the Father. But he says, know this, as it was before the flood, so shall it be in the day of my return. And then he talks about two grinding at the mill, two in the field, one to be taken, one. When Jesus comes, he's coming for his children. And then he concludes by simply saying, what's therefore, For you know not what hour your Lord does come. See, I could ask you tonight, how many of you believe that Jesus is coming again? And I would be willing to say, many of you would raise your hand. But here's the problem. It's not that we don't know that he's coming. We just do not expect him to come soon. We live every day as if we know that we're always going to have another day. We do not know that. Jesus says that we are to watch. Now listen to this. Jesus says, as in before the flood, you and I know. The Bible was not written like you and I read it, but as you and I know it, Genesis 1, 2, and 3 deals with what? The creation and Adam and Eve. Genesis 5 deals with what? The generation of Adam. Genesis 6 begins, the Bible said that when God saw the wickedness upon the earth, that it grieved him at his heart, that he even created man. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord to the building of the ark. Now, the only period of time that we have in the Bible, the only window we have is Genesis chapter 4, from the creation. To the destruction. The only thing that is written before the flood was written in Genesis chapter 4. Now, when I read that, I wanted to go back to Genesis chapter 4 and see what happened in that period that would be happening in our period. And I was amazed at what I found. As a matter of fact, As we look at God's Word tonight, we're going to notice that three of the four, three, are totally out of control as we sit here tonight. And the fourth is almost, as you and I go to bed tonight, we're going to lay our head down, hoping that it's going to get better, but in reality, we know that it's not. So what's going to happen just before Jesus comes? Well, look at Genesis chapter 4, and let me show you four things. The first thing that I want you to notice is verse 16. Notice what it says in Genesis 4, verse 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And you say, well, that doesn't say much. Oh, yes, it does. Because you see that little word, uh, 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 gnome, is interpreted the land of wondering. Now let's look at it that way. Here was a man that says, I know God and God knows me. But even though I know God and God knows me, I don't want to know God. I'm going to flee out into the presence of the land of wondering. You know what I call that? In the last days, listen to me. There's going to be a big falling away, not of lost people, but of God's people. People who say that they know God and that God knows them, that is not going to want to have anything to do with God. And we're living in that moment right now. Never have we ever lived in a moment. That the Bible says that in the last days, men will be lovers of pleasure more than lover- lovers of God. The Bible says that in the last days, they'll confess me with their lips, but they'll deny me in their hearts. Young people, when have we ever lived in a day that more people confess to know God that have nothing to do with God than we live right now. You know, I'm a big sports fan. As a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, I am a big Spurs fan. But listen to me. Isn't it amazing that many people that call themselves Christians can sit down and watch the San Antonio Spurs or the Houston Rockets or the uh, Astros or, or the Rangers and watch a game for three and four hours at a sitting but don't have time to give God three hours a week? Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing that we can go to the mall and spend two or three hours and we don't have two or three hours to worship God? Isn't it amazing how that we can do everything that we want to do until it comes time to do what God wants us to do, and we say, oh, I love God, and God loves me. But in reality, we don't want God. What we want is a convenient Christianity. We want God, but we want God only when we need God. But when everything's going all right in our life, and when there's something else to do, then we put God on the back burner. But see, that's going to happen in the last days. People who know God, and God knows them, are not going to even want to spend time with God. But you say, that's that's just coincidental. Look at the next verse. Look at this verse, verse 17. Cain knew his wife. And she conceived and bore in it, and he built a, you know what the next word is? you got a Bible, some of you. What's the next word? He built a what? A city. And named and called the name of the city after the name of the city. Did you know that's the first time that word's mentioned in the Bible? Up till this time, people lived apart. But here comes along a man said look there's no need for us to live apart here's what we do let's come together let's pool our technology and we'll build this thing called a city and we'll name it after my son isn't that amazing listen to me kids just 75 years ago just 75 years ago where did the majority of the population of the world live in the rural areas but in the last 75 years, where have people moved to? To the cities. And our cities have been built and built larger than they ever expected to be built. You say that's coincidental. No, remember Jesus said what you saw before the flood, it's going to happen immediately before my coming. My people is not going to want me. And the cities are going to be built like they've never been built before. Let me give you a third one. Look at verse 19. Look what he says here. And Lamech took unto him, what's the next word? Two wives. Isn't that amazing? Did you know that's the first time that's mentioned in the Bible? Up till then, you just read back just a few uh, pages, and, and you'll find this, that when God created man, what did he say? It's not good that man be made alone, and out of man he created woman, and for the only time, God looked at it, and he said, it is very good, and the two shall become one. But now you find, here comes a man and says, look, God may have created one man, one woman, but that's not what I want. What I want is not one wife, I want two wives. And for the very first time in the Bible, you find the breakdown of what God created to be holy and right in His sight, and man consumed it for his own desire. Let me ask you, young people, when have we ever lived where we're living right now? in the area of the breakdown of the family. Many of you kids know what I'm talking about. Our homes are chaoses. And man has consumed upon it. It's not that we don't know what's right, but we want what we want more than what God wants. And because of that, we consume upon our own loss. To go against everything that is holy and right in the sight of God. We don't have to talk about divorces. We don't have to talk about what they, you know, in my generation, there were times that things were in the closet that you didn't even talk about, more or less talk about from the pulpit. But you and I know that we're living in a generation today that everything that was in the closet has been brought out into the open, and now they say it's just an acceptable lifestyle. Everybody's doing it, so why can't we do it? Listen, kids, right is still right, and wrong is still wrong. And in the last days, you're going to find that the family is going to be torn apart, and man's going to consume upon his own lust that which he wants more than what God wants. You say, well, that's coincidental. You haven't convinced me that in the last days there's going to be a falling away. That In the last days the cities are going to be built. In the last days the family's going to be broken down. Let me give you the fourth one. Look what it says in verse 23. Notice what it says. And Lamech said unto his wives, remember he's got two of them, I tell people all the time, I don't have but one back there. And and, and we've been married for 54 years. And one thing that I have learned, I would never walk into my house and say, listen up, you wife of Herman Kramer, and listen to what i got to say. Because that would be the last thing that I'd have to say. But I want you to notice the pridefulness of this man. He walks in, says to his two wives, Hearken to my voice, you wives of Lamech, and hearken unto my speech. Now notice what he talks about. For I have slayed a man to my wounding and a young man to my hurt. Did you know that's the first time that's mentioned in the Bible? That a man brags to somebody else about the violence that he committed on someone else. Listen to me. When have we ever lived where we're living right now in the age of violence? You and I know that it's totally out of control tonight. When we used to have our tent ministry and we'd take our tent ministry into prison and we'd hold crusades inside the prison. Young people, listen to me. I have never been in a prison. I've never been in a jail that it wasn't very long till somebody would brag about the violence that they had committed on somebody else. There's no remorse. Tonight, somewhere, you'll turn on the television in the morning, and somebody will walk into some little stop and go and blow somebody away tonight just in order to reach their hand into a cash register to just get a few dollars in order to get one more thing. Life has become so cheap that nobody cares anymore. Jesus said it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the last days. My people, my people, they'll not want me my people will build the cities like they've never been built before. My people will take that which made holy and right in His sight, and they'll violate it to consume it upon their own lust. And my people will commit violence upon others until it becomes so braggable. You say, that's bad. No, here's the good news. As I said a moment ago, you just jump on past chapter 5 and go into chapter 6, and the Bible says that when God saw this, it grieved him at his heart that he even created man. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Have you ever thought about that? See, we think that the story of Noah is some children's uh, story, but we we don't realize the deep meaning of the story of Noah pertains to our life Noah was the only righteous man in the world can you imagine being the only Christian in your school the only Christian in your school Noah was the only righteous man in this world and one day God looked down and God says Noah and I can just imagine Noah looked around God said Noah and Noah looked around. God said, Noah, look up. Noah looked up. God says, Noah, here's what I want you to do, Noah. I want you to build an ark. Noah said, what's an ark? That's a boat. What's a boat? That's a thing that floats in water. What water? (laughs) It had never rained upon this earth before. Never. Never. But the Bible says Noah believed God think about it kids I've always put Noah at the end of town Noah begins to build this ark and I imagine people in the town thought he was a weirdo and they would ask him they say mr. Noah what are you doing he said I'm building an ark and they said what's an ark he said a boat they said what's a boat he said that's 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 the thing that floats in water they said what water He said, that's the judgment that's coming. And they laughed. He kept building. A hundred and twenty years building, building. Kids didn't have anything to do. They'd get together. They said, let's go down and see the weirdo. They would all go down to the edge of town. And they'd get down there. And, oh, Mr. Noah would be building on his ark. And the kids say, so you ask him. And He said, no, you ask him. So you ask him finally, well, the kids look up. He said, Mr. Noah. Mr. Noah would set his hammer down. He'd come down. He'd say, yeah. He said, what are you doing, Mr. Noah? He said, I'm building an ark. They said, what's an ark? And they'd start giggling. He said, that's a boat. He said, what's a boat? He said, that's the thing that floats in water. They said, what water? He'd say, kids, listen, God's going to send a judgment upon this world and said, there's going to rain and everything outside of this ark that has breath is going to die. And they left. Have you ever thought? Have you ever thought? What was it like the first day that it rained? Have you ever thought of that? I don't know. I wasn't there. But being a farmer before I was a preacher, I've all thought Maybe there was a man out in his field, and he was plowing, working his land. And all of a sudden, something began to fall from above. He felt it. He had never felt anything like this before, and it just kept falling. And he noticed the harder that he tried to work, the worse it got. So he thought he'd go to the house. And he goes to the house thinking it would go away. And he goes to the house. And about the time he gets to the house, mama comes around the house. And she says, Daddy, Daddy, what is that? Daddy says, I don't know. But don't worry. It'll go away. And they watched it. I don't know. I can imagine the kids come running into the house. They said, Mom, Dad, what is that? What is that? They said, We don't know, but don't worry. When we get up in the morning, it'll be gone. They watched it. Came bedtime. Mom Dad said, Kids, go to bed. They go to bed. Mom and Daddy lays there in the bed and listens to it. Mom says, You think it's going to go away? He said, When we get up in the morning, everything will be all right. Finally, Mama goes to sleep, and Daddy listens. But finally, Daddy goes to sleep. I don't know. But I can just imagine the next morning, Daddy's the first one up, and he goes into the living room. He pulls back the curtain. He looks, and he notices it's everywhere. And he notices it's coming down harder than it was yesterday. About that time, Mama steps up beside him. She looks out. She said, Daddy, look, look, Daddy. It's everywhere. About that time, the kids come running through the house. They said, Mom, Dad, look, look. It's everywhere. Dad said, Don't worry, it'll go away. And they watched it. I don't know. But I would think maybe sometime during the day, maybe it was Mama. Maybe it was one of the kids. They said, Daddy, do you think that's what that old man was talking about? Daddy laughed. He said, you mean Noah? They said, yeah, you think that's what he was talking about? Dad said, no. Maybe one of the kids said, but you know, maybe he was right. Dad said, well, if you have to know. He said, get ready. Let's go down there and see. And so I can imagine them getting ready. They step out of the house. As they step out of the house and start down the road, they realize something. That the water was not only falling from above, but the Bible says it was gushing from the ground. I can just picture them wading down to the other end of town. They get to the other end of town, there's a whole crowd gathered around. Daddy walks into the crowd, he looks around, and he says, Where's the old man? They said, He's not here today. He said, They're always here. He said, he's not here today. Dad said, has anybody been in that thing that he built? They said, we've been around it, but we can't get in it. And Daddy walks up to the side of the ark. He looks up. He says, Mr. Noah, Mr. Noah, are you there? Well, all of a sudden, he heard the old man say, I'm here. And Daddy says, Mr. Noah, this wasn't what you were talking about, was it? He said, this is it. Daddy laughed. He said, well, well, listen, we were just teasing you. We believed you. He said, it's too late. It's too late. Daddy reached for his billfold. He said, how much money would it take? He said, "It's, it's too late. It's not for sale. Daddy steps a little closer, knowing daddy's like I know it. I think that the daddy stepped a little further, and he stepped, and he said, Mr. Noah, at least take my wife and children. I don't want them to die. And he heard the old man say, it's too late. It's too late. I can imagine mama stepping up to the side of the ark, holding on to the ark, and said, please, please, at least take my children. When she heard the old man say, It's too late. It's too late. I can just imagine that teenage daughter, that teenage son steps up. They're no more, they're not giggling. They're not smiling. They're not not laughing anymore. They walk up, and all of a sudden, that teenage girl, that teenage boy, he said, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Please let me in the ark. When the old man says it's too late everything outside this ark is going to die when all of a sudden daddy says Mr. Noah if you'll just if you'll just open the door I promise you we want to go when he heard the old man say that's the problem I can't open it. Daddy says, but but you built it. Surely you know how to open it. When all of a sudden, he heard the old man say, I built it. But God shut it. The Bible says, one day, in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, (laughs) boom! It'll be over. It'll be over. Just that quick. You'll not be able to blink your eye. You'll not be able to say a word. You'll not be able to grab mom and daddy. You'll not be able to grab your youth director. You'll not be able to grab the preacher and say, listen, I was just teasing, you know, I really want to go. I really want to go. It'll be too late. You say that's bad no here's the good news listen to me 2,000 years ago God built an ark out of an old rugged cross and it cost God his son to die upon that cross and for 2,000 years God has sent his Noahs saying, there's a judgment coming. There's a judgment coming. Please come to the cross before it's too late. And for 2,000 years, some have come. Some have laughed. Some have said, he hasn't come yet. Why should we believe that he's coming now? But one day, the trumpet's going to sound, and time shall be no more. It's not a question of whether Jesus is coming. Here's the question, young people. If he came right now, would you be taken, or would you be left? The Bible says two will be grinding at the meal, one will be taken, one will be left, two will be in the field. A boy and a girl will be out on a date, one will be taken, one will be left. A mama and daddy in the kitchen, one will be taken, one will be left. You see, boys and girls, those that don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ will one day be left behind. See, the Bible says all have sinned. Come short of the glory of God. None righteous, no, not one. But in what you and I could not do, God did when He gave His only begotten Son to die for your sins and for my sins. You can't buy it, you can't earn it, you don't even deserve it. But it is a gift of grace to you. And God says, whosoever will may come, may come. He that is a hunger, let him come. He that is a thirst, let him come. And whosoever may come. Boys and girls, I'm going to tell you, turn on the television. Look at what's happening in the world today. Prophecy after prophecy. Look at Korea, what's happening in Korea. We're a generation that's never been in a world war. We don't know what it would be like for a country to send a bomb right in the middle of of Dallas and kill 20,000, 30,000 people in one whack. We don't know what that's like. But we don't know what it's like either that when the trumpet sounds that there's not going to be another opportunity. You see, boys and girls, it doesn't matter whether you belong to a church. It doesn't matter whether you've been through a baptistry. It doesn't matter if your daddy's a deacon of the church. It doesn't matter if your daddy's a pastor of a church. It's a personal relationship that each and every one of us have to have So my question to you tonight is simply this. And I'll finish tonight and I'll drive another five hours to go home tomorrow. But here's my message to you tonight. Jesus is coming. Will you be taken or will you be left behind? Only you know the answer to that question. I I meet people every week in our travels. And I ask people, are you a Christian? You know what I hear? Here's what I hear, young people. I hope so. I think so. Maybe so. But young people, the Bible said I've written these things so that you may know that you have eternal life. There is not one reason for one young person to walk out of this room tonight and not know that you're going to heaven. But some of you kids can't say that tonight. You don't know you're basing your whole eternity on a hope so think so maybe so but you don't know so and we're going to give you that opportunity tonight let's bow our heads and close our eyes and I don't want you looking around as I talk to young people all the time I tell them I said look d- look you may not be interested but your friend that's sitting next